Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's Padilla in the Know. We have the beautiful Jin Chan with us, who I love. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for being Thanks here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be great. Guys, if you don't know, Jin is like a beast. She's amazing. She has done all the things. So I think we're just going to jump right into it. Um, so truly, I mean, you've done everything. You started out in editorial. You were in New York. And mm -hmm. actually, before we get started, we're outside of Pete's Coffee today in the beautiful Marina Del Rey. But it's a little bit breezy. So my apologies for the uh, hair blowing. The and wind blows. Yeah, a little bit of the wind blown luck. It's all happening. Anyway, so yeah, so you were in New York and you were in editorial. And then you went to E! Entertainment for a while. You launched the content platform with the Kardashians mm -hmm. and have worked in-house for different brands. You've done so many things. So tell us a little bit about your experiences and then also what you're up to these days. Awesome. Well, first, thanks for having me. Um, I would say I'm a tried and true content creator. I knew when I was really young, I'm like 10, 11 years old, I knew I wanted to work in fashion and beauty. It was just in my veins. And I think it always will be. Um, so I realized that I was a strong writer. And I realized if I married fashion, beauty, and writing, you can, you can be an editor. And so that was the goal, always. Love it. I studied journalism in college in public relations. I was a double major at Pepperdine and I was an interning monster. I was interning like crazy. I worked at Women's Wear Daily. Um, I worked at InStyle Magazine, Neiman Marcus. I was all about experience. As soon as I could get my hands wrapped around the industry, I wanted to, even when I was still an undergrad. So, so good. Though. I was so passionate. Um, I was writing for this full paper. I had a fashion column. Um, I was interviewing people on the red carpet for Women's Wear Daily and I got published in WWD before I graduated college. So, I was like, that is amazing. <laughs> I didn't even know that. I've yeah. known you for years. Yeah, and that they called me unreal. They called me their junior editor, even though I was literally an unpaid intern. Oh but no, you were literally a junior. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally a student. Um, oh but so I, it was just like I had all these like moments in my career where I was like, I'm on the right track. I felt very validated, so and I loved what I did. It didn't even feel like work. So. After college, I moved to New York. Um, I did a publishing program at Columbia University for magazine publishing. And right out of that program, I was hired at Real Simple Magazine. Yeah. And I worked um, in the style department. So I was doing photo shoots. I was propping. I was working with amazing photographers and art directors all over New York City, right out of school. Um, and just really learning the ropes. I learned all about it. And it was super fun. Um, before I knew it, I, I was like, I really want more fashion and beauty. I want to be the glitz, the glam, the red carpet, the yeah. celebrity. And um, In Style, my favorite magazine in the world, had an opening and um, for the dot-com. So this was before online was even popular. It was like before blog was a word, before websites um, were really the main medium for content, um, I jumped over and I became an online editor when print was still very much king. Um, and I remember a lot of people being like, why would you do that? Why would you work online? And this is like 2006. And I was like, I feel like this is the right thing to do. I feel like it would be really smart for me to learn SEO and content management systems and how to do all that stuff. Um, and so I got the position and I was the youngest editor um, at InStyle and I created all these new sections. I did Look for Less, which was like obviously a celebrity look for cheaper yeah. that I sourced online at forever21.com or Macy's.com or whatever e-retailers were available at the time. Um, and this was before we had all these like, we you know, you couldn't even search things. You had to literally go through pages and pages and pages yeah. of dresses on yeah. Bloomingdale's.com and look for the right dress. You couldn't even, there were, the search wasn't as advanced as it is today. So um, I painstakingly but loved it. Um, I became a celebrity style expert for InStyle and I moved back to LA after a while. 
when I became a red carpet reporter for InStyle, um, which naturally transitioned into being the West Coast editor for The Daily. And um, I did that for about three and a half years where I really got to know everybody in LA. I learned celebrities, managers, their agents. I went to exclusive events, um, store openings, designer things. I, got, I really got to know everybody in LA and um, that opened a lot of doors. I worked for Tyra Banks. I don't know if you knew that. A lot of people I did know that, actually. <laughs> I feel like maybe you've told me that once before and I just like tucked it away in my mind yeah but because it sounds sort of familiar but then no tell me more because I need to know a lot yeah. more about Tyra this. launched a website in 2011 called type F, F the letter like fierce yeah and fierce and the F was supposed to stand for whatever F word you wanted it to be fab fashionable fierce fun um, but it was all about empowering women and embracing who you are all different ethnicities body types so good skin types all so it was all fashion and beauty and I resonated so much with her message yeah. Yeah. Um, and now that's obviously super trending with inclusivity today. Yeah. But in 2011, nobody was, was really doing the, it. No, that was not the case. Yeah. So I was all about Tyra. I became her senior copywriter, and I was like the voice of Tyra. So um, I learned how to speak in the Tyra voice. I gave, um, you know, her her voice to newsletters and web website copy, and it naturally led to being her social media lead. So I was doing Twitter and live chats and everything as Tyra. So, yeah. <laughs> and then I started doing on camera. So I started doing video hosting. I actually had my first video series for Tyra's website, and it was called Style on the Street. And I stopped women on the street in L.A. and New York, and I would say, how do you dress for your body type? How do you flatter your figure? What's your go-to you know, outfit for a first date? Things like that. And, it, and I wanted to talk to women of all different ethnicities yeah. and body shapes and embracing everybody and feeling beautiful from the inside out. So that was like my sweet sauce. I loved it. I love this. After that, um, I moved on. I worked at E Entertainment yep. as their senior fashion and trends editor. I created a section called The Trend, which was kind of like their women's magazine approach yep. to celebrity news. Yep. Um, I had a great time there. And then from there, I went on to work for the Kardashians. And the sisters had their own apps. Um, and I was on the launch team for that. So I worked directly with Kim Kardashian West and Kourtney Kardashian and um, worked with some of the most talented people in town and had a great time. And then after that, um, I decided to do an Eat, Play, Love sabbatical. I moved to Paris and London. Um, I've had a blog since 2007, which nobody really even knows, but I've had a blog for a long time. I relaunched my blog in Europe and was really just kind of figuring out what I wanted to do next in terms of content. And then I had an opportunity to work in-house for a beauty brand that was thriving and um, emerging in a very crowded space to be their director of PR. And I went in full force and moved to Chicago and I was their director of PR for the last two years. Uh, <laughs> I mean, my goodness. So yeah. just Jen casually living her life and just, you know, sleeping <laughs> in the corner over here. Right. Uh, so what are you up to these days? So I still feel like fashion and beauty resonates for me. I'm going to lots of events. I'm connecting with brands um, more as an influencer, going back to my roots now. Um, and I'm also working with Macy's. So I'm booked to host a lot of their fashion shows this summer. Come come uh, follow and watch um, as I talk about all this stuff trends that you need to be shopping at Macy's but yeah. hosting is like my favorite thing to do I love doing videos or live events talking to real women about how to feel confident from the inside out and so I've worked with Bloomingdale's and Nordstrom in the past and this season I'm all about Macy's and I'll be it. at South Coast Plaza and Temecula um, this summer doing their fashion show fantastic well yeah. I'll be there I can't <laughs> wait so exciting stuff 
So, I mean, you've truly had such an incredible career, and it's been so varied, and I feel like in that way we're quite parallel, you know, because we've done print, we've done digital, we've done a network, you know, like we've worked in so many different places. So tell me a little bit about how your unique perspective from all of these different past experiences really have shown you maybe a different way to look at the digital landscape than than other people and like kind of like what have you learned along the way and then how have you leveraged that within your own career okay good question (laughs) so many layers I know I feel like you're the video version of me like we've both been at so many companies we've done so much and now we can kind of like take a step back we're like at the top of the mountain kind of looking back and being like oh look at the look at the land that we've (laughs) so many things have changed in the industry and I think that my experience having been both editorial on the media side where I was the one dictating we're going to cover this event or we're going to cover this new product launch or this is newsworthy to being an influencer um, slash blogger myself or I'm the one attending the events I'm the one deciding what do I want to tell my followers or what do I want to blog about and tell people about to working in-house for a brand where I'm truly building something from the ground up and I'm trying to be like how do I get my message out how do I get people to be excited about this product um, has really been so unique for me. Um, I think it's been really advantageous because I can, on the PR side, I I can literally say, no, that's not going to work because I've been on the side of the desk for 14 years and I know that I would throw that press release away or I would throw that mailing away. Um, We should do this. Or I have friends that are all influencers and I hear what they're doing or I see what trips they're going on and how one brand got their attention versus another brand who didn't do as successfully. Um, so I think my like very unique perspective where I've been able to be on all sides of it and I know exactly how hard it is to get coverage but also to be the one deciding who's going to be covered to yep. being the one who's getting thrown all the gifts to the one stuffing the gift bags and giving all the gifts like I've done it yep. all now yep. um, so I think it's just given me this like very astute way of looking at things and being like that's not going to work that's going to work or like seeing what someone else has done and tweaking it just a little to like have that upper hand yep. um, has proven to be very successful um, and clever in a way for, yeah. for whatever side I want to be on I, I have a kind of a, a great lens um, on what everyone else is doing I mean which is so invaluable and I think it's such a smart you know, wonderful place to be because you are able to look at it from both sides and you can empathize with why totally. it may not work or why this is going to be such a great tool to be able to hand an editor or a producer mm-hmm. or an influencer, you know, because you understand the struggle when you're trying to create content and make that content engaging and interesting and current and relevant. But you also understand from the brand perspective where it's like you need to get your message out and you need to get people excited and enthusiastic about your product. Exactly. So it's definitely like a careful walk. So it's good to be able to see both sides of that. That's so exciting. So I think one of the things that you know you and I have been chatting about off camera before the live started was why it's so important for a brand to really embrace a 360 style approach to branding and why that's so important and so sure. effective. Yeah. So it's so important because today there are so many ways for you to get your branding out there. It's not just social media. And if you only focus on your Instagram grid, that's great and that's important and you're probably going to find a lot of success with that, but it's not as advantageous as thinking about it from a full scope. Like You have to think about it in every possible way from your email blasts to your newsletters to your website copy 
to your social media, going live, doing your Insta stories, um, video content. I mean, it's like literal to live events, to um, interacting with people, doing like actual desk side meetings or in-person yeah. coffees to get them to understand who you are and what you're about. Like there's so much to think about. And today, I mean, use it as your friend. Like we have so many ways, like we're going live right now at a coffee shop um, and it took like li literally no preparation essentially other than... Yeah. <laughs> I wrote the questions before we got here and she's got all the equipment. And I have all the equipment. But other than that. Yeah, but it's like, it's simply like, it's anybody can be anyone they want to be now because we have so many things at our disposal. So really taking the time to hone in on what is your message, what is your approach, what do you want to get out there at the end of the day, and everything should reflect one another. You should Everything needs to be consistent. So if you're in the food category, everything you should be doing should really resonate that messaging, but you should still show who you are as a person. If you love dogs, but you're also an amazing chef, an award-winning chef, show us a little bit of that life too, and then you'll kind yeah. of see from your fans what they resonate with, and ultimately you're going to have two communities that love you. Totally. And, um, I'm sorry, I'm so distracted by this car horn. Like, <laughs> what, what's going on? You know, in our studio off, space. Sir. In our studio. What's happening? <laughs> this is crazy. Um, no, I think that's really, that's really smart, and that's so interesting. You know, it's such, a, it's such an interesting way to be able to go about content creation, where I know when you and I both started, whatever channel you worked in, so if you were a print editor, if you were a television producer, if you, you know, whatever you did, that was what you did, and you did that alone. 100%. And that was it. And there was no crossover. There was no opportunity to be able to dabble in anything else. Yeah. And there was no way for you to connect with your community in different ways. Yeah. And I think the beauty of the internet and the beauty of social media is it allows you to connect with people and show them that you're multifaceted. Mm -hmm. And that's true if you're an influencer, it's true if you're a celebrity, and it's true if you're a brand. Absolutely. And you don't have to be all things to all people. You know, you can have that one thing that you really love and that you really focus on, but then you can also be into and be interested by other things even though that's maybe not your main focus exactly and I think it's cool to be able because that's how you are in real life so I think it's cool to be able to share that with your community yeah um, so let's let's chat a little bit about celebrities and influencers so okay. tell me why you think celebrities and influencers are so important and such a key component to PR and marketing strategy so I think it depends on the brand and what their end game is or what their actual brand messaging is. But I think celebrities and influencers, and I would say celebrities or influencers, because maybe you don't need both. Maybe you mm -hmm. only need one. Maybe you should only focus on micro-influencers. Or if you want to put all your budget towards one particular celebrity, yeah. um, that might work for you. So as a brand, I don't think you should be intimidated by the idea. I mean, this is it's a new... Um, territory. We have no rules and it's uncharted territory of how to work with celebrities and influencers and how powerful they are today. But I do absolutely think they are powerful because of their reach. Because if they really believe in you um, and your brand and they actually use it and it makes their life better or it makes their skin look amazing or whatever, they are going to be, they're going to be worth their weight in gold. Um, and maybe the campaign is only for one social post and one something and you're and as a brand you're thinking one and done I just blew a bunch of money and I didn't see the, the needle move that much in my sales but you don't know what that's going to turn into later I think what, like, what's so important to know as a brand or to anyone investing in celebrities or influencers is that you ha it's a it's a sit and wait tactic it's not immediate it might be but usually it isn't um, and 
And it, it could also not just be celebrities. It could just be people who are passionate about something. Brides are such an untapped community of yeah. people that really do need their hair and makeup and lighting and everything to look amazing. And that's a huge community. And they tell their other friends who are getting engaged. And then they might tell somebody 10 years later, you have to use these products or you might tell your makeup artist this and that. So it's something that you might not see an immediate payoff. But if you can find that person, that celebrity, that influencer or that community that passionately loves your brand, and it is so worth it because they will continue to talk about it and tell people and you'll see it pop up six months later you know in different ways or they might tell an, a friend who's an editor and she might hear about it and test it out you know you never know um, but I've worked with a lot of celebrities influencers and it's not as hard as you think they're real people and I think to your point earlier social media has made our world so much smaller where Five years ago, we would have to go through a lot of red tape to get a hold of agents and managers and all these things and contracts. And now you can probably, if you're lucky, slide into the DMs and get their home address and send them products or meet them for coffee or who knows. I've had so much success just being um, myself and being authentic and being like, hey, you're going to love this. Can I take you to coffee? Can I take you to lunch? You know so-and-so. I know so-and-so. We have to meet. And the, most times they're like, yeah, let's do it. And before you know it, you have an authentic ambassador for you. Um, who loves your product and who likely will love you um, if you just are natural in yourself and um, that's all you need. Yeah, and I think that's such good advice because I do think a lot of people feel like, particularly when they're speaking with celebrities or when they're speaking with well-known influencers, that they kind of have to put on this persona of someone that they think that they should be. Yeah. And it really is a lesson and a testimony to be you. Yeah. You know, and be there because you're genuine and be there because you're excited and yeah. be there because you authentically want their support, not just like, oh, you know, and like totally. kind of freaking out and being weird. Yeah, but do your homework. Absolutely. Like if yeah. your brand stands for something, let's say you're an all-natural product, make sure that you're picking the right people who really resonate with your brand, who aren't working with potential competitors, yeah. or who live a life that maybe isn't aligned with what your brand is about. Like you need to do your homework if you're going to do the investment yeah. to make sure that it's not on you if, if something goes south, that it really is you found the very best vetted person. Yeah. Meet with them. It doesn't cost you anything to have a meeting with them and to build a relationship before any contracts are signed. Totally. And I I think that's true on the flip side too if you're an influencer and you're considering a brand contract and you know make sure that that brand aligns with you and aligns mm -hmm. with your life and aligns with your messaging and your community Absolutely. and yeah so just make sure that that all makes sense and it's true like meeting someone for coffee or meeting someone for lunch and getting to know them getting to know what they're about is a wonderful way to kind of put some insurance on uh, your project. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe test it out. Like go, if you meet with them for a coffee, go live or do some Insta mm -hmm. stories and see how natural they are. If they're even into it, if they're like, no, you can't, you know, then you're yeah. like, okay, well then this probably isn't going to be a relationship that I want to pursue if they're not willing to, to meet you a little bit in the middle. Yeah. Um, but people who are friendly and authentic and genuine, it's like, like attracts like. Yeah. So um, you want to ultimately work with people that are nice and kind, at least I do. Yeah. <laughs> and who are passionate and talented. <laughs> and um, I feel like it just kind of filters itself out on who you should work with and what's worth, you know, your buck. Yeah, totally. So 
you know, what are some of the key things that when a brand is meeting with these celebrities or meeting with these influencers that they should be con- that they should be on the lookout for when considering them for a campaign? I would definitely do your homework before you have a meeting. Um, know if they're working with other brands, if they have contracts in place. And if you can't figure it out or you're starting to have an idea, there's no problem asking them point blank. Who are you working with? Do you see this being a conflict? Would you have a problem doing something in six months? Do you have something boiling that might, you know, change our relationship in mm-hmm. a year um, always ask them what their end goal was you know maybe they ultimately want to create their own YouTube series or they want to create their own product line yeah. um, see how you can help each other it shouldn't be so one-sided yeah. um, if you're a brand and you want to work with a celebrity makeup artist and they tell you I really want my own line of um, lipsticks and you have the capability of helping them do that then why don't do that instead of just yeah. having them tout your particular brand like help yeah. each other um, Obviously, find somebody who is um, nice to work with. Like, it's never going to be a piece of cake, especially when dealing with top-tier celebrities. But if the management, I mean, ultimately, you'll be working with management at a certain level. Um, and sometimes managers and agents can make or break the relationship entirely. And it has nothing to do with the talent, yeah. um, which is unfortunate sometimes. But um, kind of vetting that out. And just as, you know, it's two-sided, brands have so many options of people that they can work with. Um, and, and celebrities have so many options of brands they can work with so finding yep. your perfect fit it's like dating and you'll you'll yep. kind of know like you should definitely suss it out and figure it out and feel it out maybe do a trial thing you know don't jump into a year contract do like a two or three month trial right and I kind of feel you know like a lot of employers do like a 90 day contract to start and then it's dating up from there yeah <laughs> and I think it's not a bad thing to kind of employ that same idea into this and mm-hmm. like give it a little bit of time you know give it like three months and see how it goes yeah. and then kind of make a decision from there because yeah. you do need to get to know people and it does take a minute you yeah. know and it's yeah and ideally I mean even as an influencer when I have a contract with with a brand or a company I try to go above and beyond I might my contract might say you only have to do one post and you only have to show up for one event but if I can tease it up or if I can throw in a few more extra shout outs or tell my friends or do a 30 second video and pop it up there um, it's kind of like ensuring that it's going to be a positive yeah. win for both of you totally. you know yeah. so um, I would say work with talent that seems agreeable and they kind of want to go above and beyond because most likely it'll be a successful relationship. Love it. Such good advice. So, okay, so you're a brand and you found this, the influencer that you want to work with and you're super excited about mm-hmm. it and everything's going well. And how do you, as the brand, weave your messaging into those marketing efforts with that influencer so that it's mirroring the larger campaign? You know, and it doesn't feel like this just kind of a random piece of content that you're putting out. Right. So I think it's important on the brand side to really again back to that 360 degree um overarching campaign what is what are your main focuses what are you really trying to hammer home to your followers or to your audience or to your community and then breaking it down into how does the influencer how does that celebrity really parlay into that messaging and break it down from there so i think that if you can very articulately you know communicate to your to your talent I need you to educate people how to use this product. I need you to show them how effective it is in three easy steps. And I need you to promote it organically as much as you possibly can. And, you know, it'll, if they can understand like bite sized things like that, yeah. it will weave into your overall strategy and it'll show through that you're doing everything you can to make this not a one and done waste of time yeah. and effort. And it'll ideally 
go back into your overarching plan and it'll all make sense. Yeah. Um, and, and again, utilize every avenue you can, social media, video content, have them maybe write a blog if you have a blog on your yeah. website. Um, have them, you know, get them involved with so many things. Maybe yeah. it's packaging, maybe it's um, a campaign yeah. imagery, whatever oh, Like it a is. podcast, talk about a pod- it in yeah. an interview. Exactly. And ask them what they're doing. Maybe they have, maybe they're going to be interviewing on a podcast. Maybe they're doing something, promoting something else and see if they can weave your messaging into what they're doing. And so it really becomes a cohesive message where they authentically are your ambassador. Yeah. That's how it should work. Yeah, that's great. I think that's really a smart way to look at it too. It's a slightly different take on that lens, which I love. So tell me a little bit about why you think live events are so important for brand messaging and product launches in particular. Sure. So events, for those of you that don't know, are so important and they've been around for a long time. I think um, I used to kind of be called like the queen of the events especially back as you are (laughs) during my time during my years at E I really was it was part of an extension of my job to know what was going on to see who was out and about to know what brands were doing Um, and in LA or New York in our markets there are brand events all the time like I mean every night yeah every night maybe three or four events a night every night and I did that for probably a decade so I it's safe to say I've been to a lot of events um, and I love it I almost feel weird if I don't go to an event at night I'm like why am I just sitting here watching Netflix what's happening (laughs) I think events are so important because if you can if you can if you have a budget for it and events are not cheap Um, especially now that I've been on the brand side I know exactly (laughs) what goes into well and I would say even more so in the last year or two because Instagram the rise of Instagram and having to make your event look so incredible I mean I know when I was back in in touch which was you know gosh, forever ago now, eight years ago or something. And we would go to an event and it would just be a cocktail party on a rooftop somewhere. And it and wasn't, was a nice. yeah. yeah, it didn't matter what it looked like because no one was photographing it and publishing that. You know, Crazy. you were simply there to network. You were there to hear the presentation about whatever the product was. And then you went home. Right. And now they're like a thing. Oh, it's, and a it's thing. Yeah. And they're yeah. incredibly thought out and so beautiful and so thoughtful. And it really is such a privilege to get to go. Sure. But it's a whole nother level. It's a whole other level. And I think from the brand side, so you need to understand why am I even throwing an event? And I would say the main objective is if you can swing it with your budget, why you should have an event is because you get to interact with people face to face, which is so much more meaningful than sending emails or even sending beautiful packages to their doorstep. Because honestly, today, media and influencers get... 500 packages a day so it's easy to get lost in the shuffle so if you can have that one-in-one connection um, there's nothing more valuable Um, it's a great way to educate so if you have a product that actually needs a demonstration or needs that added level of expertise you could bring in um, a dermatologist or a celebrity makeup artist or even an influencer who really knows your product and can speak to it in a better way than maybe your CEO or your head of education can just because they have that star appeal Um, so that's you know valuable tenfold Um, and also it's a way to get your brand messaging out there if you're passionate about your packaging and your color palette and your aesthetic as a brand, make it come to life. Make it 360. Make it jump out so that people can really understand, oh, this is what ABC brand is all about. And I get it and I love it and I want to take photos of it and I want to post about it and tell everybody about this new line. So Yeah, and I also think it's great because you get everyone's 
take on that. So you set, so the brand sets it up. It looks really beautiful, but the way you take a picture and publish it is going to be different than the way I take a picture and publish it, just because we have different eyes. Exactly. So it's such an interesting way when you look back through the hashtag to be able to see all the different ways that people were metabolizing that content and sort of making it their own. And it also helps you reach all kinds of different people in different communities. Yeah. Because you're connecting through those people via the event 100%. in a way that maybe you couldn't if you were just sending a mailer. Yeah. And just like for a wedding, how you always want to buy, you want to pay for a videographer to capture that special day. Mm -hmm. You want to have a videographer to capture your event as a brand because it's something that you put a lot of effort into the look, the design, the yeah. feel, the props, whatever you did. And yeah. you can own that content as a brand forever. Yeah. So it's so important to just make it your best shot and don't feel um, overwhelmed by what everyone else is doing right yeah. you know like you said to your point earlier where there it's so saturated now and everyone's doing the biggest balloon arches and the biggest this and the someone's jumping out of the cake at this yeah. event and there's the fireworks at this one and there's so many things to compete with do what works for you know your budget and yeah. if you don't think you can fill a warehouse of 300 people don't do it don't even try to yeah go well, to a hotel and get a suite and make it as beautiful as you can yeah. in a smaller setting and know that this is where we are right now and we can aspire to be that brand one day, but if this is what we are right now, then like make it the best you can. Yeah, and I know that you and I have been at some events that are just really beautiful, intimate dinners yeah. of 10, 12, 20 people. Totally. And sometimes those are the most impactful events because you actually have a chance to speak with everyone and you can hear everyone talk because yeah. you're seated at a table yeah. and you're not in like some loud club situation. And, you know, you really get to learn a lot about the brand and the story of the brand and why people are involved with it. And it's much more meaningful. And I feel like you get a lot of connection that way and ultimately that's really what you're hoping for 100 so sometimes smaller is better yeah, you know and i agree yeah it's just thoughtful it's like really like you said like putting thought into it and really letting it shine and do the absolute most that you can do with your budget absolutely yeah one of my favorite events um years ago was a launch of a sun a sunscreen and instead of doing something traditional they actually invited a few of us out to malibu and we did a surf lesson and um the I, the event was we were focused on you know surfing in the ocean in malibu but we had to use sunscreen just because we were at the beach so yeah. naturally we were using this new product not even really knowing we just needed sunscreen because yeah. that's what you need to do um but it was a, it was genius because it made us do something interactive and it was intimate where there were only maybe 10 of us yeah. Um, doing something that we would never do on our own and we were using the product and actually seeing the benefits of it in real time so. and using it in a real life situation you yeah. know like you're in the you're in the water you're in the you know you're getting sandy exactly. like all the places that you would do versus just like rubbing on the back of your hand and, and being like this is great right and, and sipping on. champagne and moving on right <laughs> Which, you know it's fun too exactly <laughs> so be creative and think outside the box and I bet surf lessons for 10 people is probably a lot cheaper than throwing some extravagant yeah. gala at the Waldorf Astoria. Totally, totally. <laughs> so, from the, from the perspective of a brand and through that lens, what would you say constitutes a win for a brand when they're partnering with an influencer or a celebrity? Mm -hmm. And how can brands keep their expectations around those partnerships realistic? Okay, that's such a good question. Um, because I think a win today is very different than what a win looked like maybe a few years ago. When mm -hmm. a win, I think, to a brand was just 
a sale, yeah. moving the needle, and like seeing a big surge in the website traffic or their e-retailer um, partner. Now, to me, depending on what side of the box you're on, I think a win is getting mentioned on Insta Stories or getting mentioned. I mean, that's like that's great considering yeah. how saturated the market is, especially in beauty or fashion, where these influencers or media are getting thrown products. They're something is landing on their desk or their doorstep every hour of the day, and um, especially coming from a brand who didn't necessarily always have the budget that the really big brands had and are spending several hundred of dollars per mailing, which are very expensive. Yeah. And if you can get mentioned right alongside the, that big glossy prop, um, brand has spent a lot of money, that's a win. And if they love the product, they'll probably mention it somewhere else. And they might yeah. do an Insta Live of how they get ready for the day, and they might just show the product. That's another win. So like, yeah. you, you never know. I think, um, like I said in the beginning, like it's it's kind of like sit back and wait. You're not yeah. necessarily going to see results instantly. But if they love it, they talk about it, they tell their community, they hear about it. It's kind of like you need today's consumer is so savvy and so smart that you kind of need to see something a lot of times before you're like, I do need to buy that lip gloss or I do yeah. need to buy that hairspray because I have seen it everywhere yeah. and I really admire this hairstyle. And I also love the girl next door that lives to me and she uses it too. So like, I probably should buy it. So yeah. um, I think there are a lot of ways we can measure wins today, but knowing that social media I think is paramount today, um, especially in fashion and beauty, is really important to know that if you can get someone to mention you in any vehicle on Instagram or Facebook, um, that's a pretty big success. That's a big one, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the statistic is on average a consumer interacts with a brand on social 9 to 13 times before they purchase. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, a mention is huge. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a lot to be said for being a part of the conversation at large and brand awareness and brand building. And it's your your ability to diversify your brand that way and diversify your community is actually a huge win that ultimately will turn into sales but you do have to be patient it's a exactly. little bit of waiting which is tough yeah. you know when you're a company you want to make sales and so it's tough to like have that patience but I do think it's an important part of the digital space is it's not like it's not retail in the sense that you just like walk in and pick it up and go to the checkout and move on like right. you it's a different experience it's a different kind it's of brand awareness ultimately. it's a lot of brand yeah. awareness. <laughs> so speaking of brand awareness, um, a lot of brands are really turning to video to mm -hmm. up their brand awareness, which we love. It's so important. Yes. Get on the boat, people. <laughs> and a lot of them are now turning to moving in-house or maybe just outsourcing pieces of the production puzzle that they may not have the capability to do right now in-house. Sure. So there's a lot of kind of moving parts around video where I feel like traditionally brands were either going straight to an ad agency or they were partnering with a larger third company production facility like an E or a Pop Sugar or a Birdie. And I, you know, now that they're turning inward, it's just the relationships are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. So what are some of your thoughts, having been on the brand side, about how they can best go about getting solid creative, solid production, and really getting everything out of that shooting experience that they can to make it as great an experience as possible and also as effective an experience as possible? Okay, so there are a lot of little nuggets I could answer this question for, but I would say for on the brand side, likely you have an overarching marketing calendar with messaging points and key elements of the year that you really want to hone in. Okay, we're really focused on gift giving right now. We're really focused on education and protecting your skin from the sun, something like that. So I would say... Um, 
from a video content standpoint, like finding those big themes that are important for the brand, for your messaging, which ultimately, um, you know, equate to sales or events or whatever that is, and finding a way to make that into content. Yeah. So if you're all yeah. about education, if you're all about protecting your sun, protecting your skin from the sun, find, you know, narrow it down to that. That's my theme of video content that I really need to hammer out. I want four months of content that's all about sun protection. And then from there, get your creative juices flowing. Talk to um, somebody like you who specializes in getting content out there and being creative and doing um, something differentiating itself from what other people are doing um, and making it work for you. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Like, put your heads together, Mm -hmm. find somebody in a totally different department and see what they might think. Um, Ask your neighbor, ask your mom, ask, you know, whoever, and just come up with the best ideas before just running forward with it. And then then that'll be the most impactful. That'll be the most meaningful. while staying true to the overarching themes that it's not one and done and that was kind of a waste. Totally. And I think when you are shooting from a place where it is really authentic to the brand and you really are working on those key messaging points, it allows you to shoot and edit your content in such a way that you're banking content for the future too. So never let that shoot go to waste. You know, like, yes, of course you're going to use it right now for this campaign, but hold on to that footage because if it's shot with intention and it's shot within the footprint of the brand itself, it's super useful three months from now, six months from now, a year from now, a look back video, like at the end of the year, you know, there's plenty of opportunity to make that dollar really work for you because shooting is expensive in terms of time. It takes a lot of time to put a shoot together, but it's also expensive monetarily. And Mm -hmm. so you want to make sure that you're gaining your buck. Like you're really milking it for everything it's worth. Exactly. And if you're doing it right, and if you're working with somebody like you, you've already encapsulated the brand's aesthetic. You know, you know, what works for them, what is their palette, what is yeah. their lighting look like, what are their what should the models look like. Yeah. That way that content is evergreen. You can keep using it yeah. because that's what the brand is if you're doing it right. Well and the beauty of content for the digital space is, you know, increasingly we're seeing videos roll with no audio at all. Yes. So it's great because you have all this B roll. So now you it doesn't even matter what the talking points were. We could have shot a video about sunscreen for summertime. If we just take the audio components away and now we're just using B roll and we mix new graphics in and slightly different transitions. It's a totally new video, totally fresh and ready for something else. And you can splice it up and use it on social media. You can do it on stories. You can throw it up on your website as like the hero image for a new campaign. There's so many ways you can make that content. Yeah, and it can even like fold down into a GIF and it can be in the feed that way. You can do a director's cut version, a longer one, and put that up in YouTube. Like there's so many ways. Oh, yeah, yeah. or part of a newsletter, like Mm -hmm. a GIF at the top of your newsletter, like a banner. Like there's so many ways to stretch that content and really make it work for you but the key is you need to have a plan going in you need to know what you're doing and why you're doing it because that way you're making sure that everything is on target and just like you were talking about earlier that the whole campaign feels connected Mm -hmm. you know there's a why to why you're doing everything that you're doing so speaking of why um and speaking of being trendy and cool so (laughs) Digital content in particular changes so fast. So what's cool today is probably going to feel real dated in like another month or so. (laughs) So when you're making content, a lot of times when you're shooting video, you're shooting three or four weeks before that video is going to publish. So what are some good things that you like to do when you're working with a brand and you're working with a company so that you can kind of nod to trends that you're seeing, but you don't feel so locked into it that by the time you publish that video, it feels like it should have come out six weeks ago? Exactly. 
chocolate. So I think one thing you have to do when you're um, in-house for a brand, it's so easy to be narrow-minded and think only about yourself, but you have to expand your reach. You have to be a consumer of everything. So even though you're a brand about skincare, you, obviously you should be following every other skincare brand out there, but also follow every other hair care brand and color brand and who knows what else because yeah. you might find inspiration from a fashion brand even if you're focused on sunscreen and yeah. you can get creative that way. So I would say first and foremost you should be consuming just as much content as you are trying to produce it yourself totally. because that's the only way you're going to improve your game and yeah. actually know what's going on out there and what's competitive. Um, and I always like to say, I like create vision boards all the time. Yep. Um, and I think it's so important as a brand. And your vision board should be changing with what you like and what, what what's appealing yep. to you and what your new message or themes are. Um, so having fresh vision boards all the time, sharing them with your team, sharing yep. them with even your vendors that you're yeah. working with. I think that's such a genius tip. And I know for me, like I keep folders on my Instagram and I tag things sure. down into those folders. So I have like, you know, look and feel, color, camera movement, whatever. And I am continuously adding to them. But when I'm working with a client, I'm always asking for reference photos. I'm always yes. asking for reference videos. I send videos and photos and things I saw on Instagram back to the client and being like, hey, I really love the way the graphics animate and like onto the screen in this video. What do you guys think about this? Totally. What do you guys think about this camera movement? What do you think about this? Because particularly when things are happening in a visual medium, it's really difficult to articulate what you want and what's living in your head. Uh -huh. And sometimes sending someone a bunch of pictures is a much easier way to say, <laughs> yes. I like this vibe. And they can look at it and be like, oh, okay, I get it. I know what you want. I know where you're headed now. And you can get your heads in the same creative sure. place yeah. versus like 500 emails and words just don't do it, you yeah. know, and it's so hard to articulate. So I love that you said that because yeah. that's actually my number one request from clients is like, please send me examples of what you love and maybe some things that you didn't like. Exactly. And so I can see both and right. I know like what to stay away from. Yeah. Just keep that dialogue open and obviously surround yourself with like-minded people who are open and creative and might find inspiration in something totally random. Yeah. Um, I think that's the best way to stay fresh. Yeah. I find a ton of inspiration from surfing videos, skater videos, like Garage band, like yeah. weird places that I mean, I make a lot of beauty and fashion content, <laughs> and you would not think that I would be all up in the in the, in the theater <laughs> scene. But I love me some skater videos. <laughs> I mean, they just have such cool camera work. Yeah, you know, like they just really have a cool grasp on what they're doing and like how what looks good. So it's interesting where you can find inspiration, totally. you know. But it is important to see kind of what everyone else is doing so that you can see the trends that are kind of cresting because that's uh -huh. what's out right now and kind of get a feel for what's coming exactly yeah well this has been so informative i have learned so much thank so thank you. you so much again for joining us this is just amazing um can you please share with everyone where we can follow along and yeah. check out your adventures thanks for having me um if you guys want to follow my instagram is jen j-e-n-n chan c-h-a-n glam jen chan glam and that's also my blog um and i'd love to see you on all aspects of digital Lovely. Well, thanks so much again. This has been so fun. And thank you guys so much for joining us. And I will see you next week.